good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. You can always find us online, too, at uh, WROLradio.com uh, or my website, if you want to look there. You can find us there, too. You can find us all kinds of different places, so uh, always always check around, see what's there, and find out what's going on. Always a great way to do it, and find out uh, the latest of everything that's out there, and always worth checking out. Uh, if you uh, haven't read The Globe today, pick it up. Uh, we have a column in The Globe like we do every Saturday. And, of course, uh, we will be having some guests today. A little bit later in the program, we're going to be talking to Sam Abulzamid. He's a senior analyst uh, mobility for Navigant Research. And we're going to talk to him about how Ford is doing with uh, what's going on in autonomous vehicles. Uh, and uh, w- But with us on the phone right now is Gary Tuscini. He is the CEO of WeGo. And uh, have you ever been stuck with a dead battery and you get, you know, what do you do when, well, you, hopefully you call AAA, you call us. But if you don't call AAA, you need to, you maybe can help do it yourself. And WeGo's got quite the little kick to be able to do this. Gary, good morning. Uh, Jerry, good morning. I'm sorry. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I couldn't read my own Can't notes. Can't complain. I couldn't read my own notes here this morning. I'm sorry. Uh, so okay. tell us about WeGo. Well, WeGo started, um, I guess I, I sold my first product about two and a half years ago. I started working on the product about three and a half years ago. You know, I'm a lifelong uh, voter. I have a small farm. I've got four kids, so I've got tractors. And I dealt with dead batteries just like most other people do. Yep. And... You know, this is a small lithium-ion powered device. It's about the size of a, um, you know, let's say six inches by an inch by four across. Okay. You plug the, it's a powerful little pack. You plug it in, you plug the clamps into it. It comes with everything. So we give you a battery pack and clamps. Plug in the clamps. When you have a dead battery, simply plug the clamps, connect the clamps to the battery, mm-hmm. install your engine. No need for jumper cables, no need for someone else, no need to call AAA. Well, you're, you hurt, you're hurting my feelings a little bit. You know, they, they are my daytime employer, so. Well, guess what, though? One day, I guarantee you this, one day AAA will be carrying these devices. And and you're not you're not far off because I got to tell you we carry jump packs all the time and uh, we are seriously looking into lithium ion ones because they're just smaller they're more compact and and uh, you know they they work out really well. Yeah, they do. I mean, it, it, we're kind of in the wild west stages of development, and and what I mean by that is there's a range of quality. It, it can be anything from top shelf, which is how we manufacture our stuff, to kind of sketchy, not really checked out well, so on and so forth. So the market's still sorting itself out. And, you know, what's required when you when you, when you you buy this up is you got to make sure you're buying it from somebody who really tests, 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 and builds a quality product. It, it's definitely an area where, you know, if you see something that's too good to be true, it typically is. Kind of like the, if you recall, the hoverboard. Oh, yeah. Scare from a couple of years ago. Well, that's still happening, believe it or not. I mean, the the battery market is an unregulated market. So unlike many other areas with food, cosmetics, and so on and so forth, there are no government standards, regulations, or inspections regarding batteries. Mm-hmm. So you pretty much have to go with whatever the manufacturer says. So more than ever, you need to trust 
the brand that you're buying, which is why when you buy alkaline batteries, you know, the stuff you put in your flashlights, 80% of the time, 85% of the time, it's either Duracell or Energizer. You know, a lot of people pay a premium because mm-hmm. they want something that they, that'll work when they need it to work. Yeah, and, and, you know, that that is important because you're right. You know, when these products first came out, you started to see them, and a lot of them look similar. But, uh, yeah, how do you how does a consumer tell what's a good product and what's a, and what's a bad one? And what's one that is, you know, potentially there's, there is a lot of energy. Like you said, there's a lot of energy in this little package, and you want to make sure it's well-regulated because you don't want to all of a sudden have something go bad and fire off higher voltage into a system that is, that is in some cases pretty fragile, right? That's correct. There's even... I just read a story, <clears throat> excuse me, I just read a story earlier this week, you know the e-cigarettes, they're, they're, they're the cigarette substitute, they're shaped like cigarettes, and mm-hmm. they use tiny, tiny, tiny batteries to heat up a chamber uh, to 400 degrees, and that's what turns the vapor, or that's what turns the liquid into a vapor. Mm-hmm. Now, these are, these are very tiny batteries. Well, again, unregulated all sorts of quality out there, great product, poor product. There's been a rash of explosions. And these tiny batteries have caused third-degree burns. You know, it, it, it nearly burnt this guy's leg off, Jeez. another one, his face. I mean, so you're dealing with a serious issue. And yep. I think, um, you know, again, the answer is do your research and... Make sure that that the product you buy is from a brand that you trust. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk about you know how how the products use. Like you said, it's a small little package. Um, can well, first off, can it be hooked up backwards? Can I be can I be not the brightest bulb and hook it up wrong? Uh, well, it, with our product, no. And what we've done is we have our own product team. Um, at WeGo, we're headquartered mm-hmm. in uh, New Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So we we've taken every step necessary to make sure that we it's safe and simple. Because unlike years ago, when I was a lot younger, and I we could all work on our own cars and motorcycles. Most people today, they're not, there's no DIY going on, very little. Mm. So most people, unlike years ago, never jumped a car before. Yep. So what we've done with our WeGo is we've designed it so that you, you, we say no experience necessary. You simply hook up the clamps and start it. Now, what if you, the big, most common problem is people hook up clamps backwards. Yes. If you do that with a lot of products, you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of nasty stuff going on. Mm-hmm. If you get sparks, you could have a fire, so on and so forth. With us, you'll simply get a beep and a light flashing and a message that says, clamps hooked up incorrectly, right. reverse. So you solved that problem of the age-old expression, everything runs on smoke, and when you let the smoke out, it stops working. <laughs> yeah, we even have, uh, for boaters and others, we even have what's called um, an anti-spark mechanism that if you put, if you touch our clamps, nothing will happen. Oh, good. Okay. Okay, so so that so that's so that's a good thing. And how about how long does it stay charged up? Well, that's a great thing too. Again, most of the time, the primary function of our product is jump start. Mm-hmm. So obviously, unless you're a professional like AAA, you're not counting on jump starting every day. Right. Ours takes about five hours, three to five hours to charge. Yep. We give you AC adapters, DC adapters. 
it'll last up to three years on a single charge. Wow. So it's ready when you when you need it to be. Yeah, it really is because I and uh, and I know when I got it, I took it out of the I took it out of the package. I it wasn't charged. I plugged it in, and charged it up. I want to say it became fully charged, and uh, I think you're right on the money. I think it was probably right around four hours. I I looked down. I had it sitting under my desk, charging up, and about four hours later, the thing's fully charged, ready to go. Well, great. Have you used it yet? Uh, I have I have not I, I I have I have a car I have a car tucked away right now with the uh, with the lights on killing the battery waiting waiting to waiting to use it so awesome now you know most of them also come with I think I don't know which model you have it may be the forty four I think so yep okay so you get uh, we have a five hundred lumen flashlight on that model it'll last up to twenty eight hours on a single charge we have a super fast USB out charger. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we call it the Tectomatic, so you can charge up cell phones and laptops as fast as your OEM charger. It's got 19 volt out for laptop charging and 12 volt out for accessory charging, so you can hook up a uh, an air compressor to it. You can ho- hook up a 12 volt adapter and run your uh, coffee pot when you're camping. So we've made it a not only an essential emergency product, but also a useful everyday product. Yeah, I like uh, it, it. It it is one of the brightest flashlights I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, that alone, it's a quality light, and lumens like batteries are not regulated. Mm-hmm. So if you ever see those wacky commercials on TV about these crazy, powerful flashlights for 10 bucks, it's, I hate to say it, in most cases, they're basically making that stuff up. But this is truly 500 lumens, and, and if you bought a 500 lumen tactical flashlight at the store, that alone is probably $89. Yeah. Well, let's talk about well. Let's talk about price. How much is this thing? Uh, the Wego Forty Four, which is our most popular model, retails for one hundred mm-hmm. and forty nine dollars. And what, it comes it, with an eight. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, comes it, with an eighteen month warranty. Yep. So it's got it's got plenty of warranty. What other what other versions are available? Well, we have a, a larger model called the Sixty Six. That's about. Uh, 50% larger than the 44. Mm-hmm. So think like a big mag light. It's about okay. that size. Yep. And, that, and that's just for people who want more power and they want to jump bigger engines. Uh, we sell these things to boat captains, for instance, who are out all day jumping stranded boaters or tow truck operators. But a lot of guys, you know, just want the biggest and the best, and they buy that. Mm-hmm. We also have a smaller version we're starting to ship next week called the 22 and 22S. So we use a numerical system. It's very simple. Smaller number, smaller battery, bigger number, bigger battery. The 2222S is tiny. It'll fit in the palm of your hand, yet it'll still jump a 5-liter engine. If you don't know what a 5-liter is, think V8 Mustang, 5.0 Mustang. It's 95% of what you'll find on the water, what you'll find on the road, can be jumped by any of our products. So it's really a matter of budget, Usage pattern, taste, so on and so forth. Hmm. So it's able. So it's able to do. It's able to do. And I like the idea of somebody being able to keep something in their car in case of an emergency. You know, we talk about you know summertime emergency kits and wintertime <coughs> emergency kits. And you know, the I you know I always used to say there was two kinds of people. There was uh, people that had jumper cables and people that needed jumper cables. Now I don't. <laughs> even if I have jumper cables, I don't 
need to have someone else to help me uh, be able to jumpstart my car. I I saw I saw something the other day, and it, it was some comedy show, and it, somebody had a dead battery, and they're they're out in the sidewalk waving their jumper cables, trying to wait for a good Samaritan to pull over, and that good Samaritan never existed. Yeah, one of our one of our slogans we use in our advertising is "Ditch the cable, Mabel." So yeah. you can be on yeah. the road. You got you don't have to rely on anybody. I mean, and it's great. That's why whether you're you know an outdoors person who's constantly on the road hunting, fishing, camping, and that's a big market of ours. Or you're somebody who's never jumped anything and you just want peace of mind. We have products that start. You know, our, our smallest model that'll jump anything is sixty nine dollars. So, you know, for $69, you have peace of mind that fits in your center console. You really can't beat it. And and uh, and uh, the model that comes in the uh, retro lunchbox? They all come in retro lunchboxes. Okay. But the, we do $69 is a jump-only model, no yep. flashlight, no charging. Yep. 99 gets flashlight and charging. 149 is the mid-tier. That's our most popular one. That's the one you have. That's kind of our all-around, mm-hmm. just the right size, just the right price. And then for the person who wants the biggest, the best, the most powerful, the Wego 66 is $199. Yeah. No, and uh, and the one that I have, I'm, I'm going to try it out a couple times, but it's going to go neatly back in the box, and we're going to give it away to a lucky listener. So, uh, so you're going right. to be saving people all over the place with this. So, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. So, if people want more information about WeGo, the company itself, where to find your products, and where are, you, are your products available just directly through you, or are they available through uh, stores, websites? How's that work? We sell on mywego.com. M Y w-e-e-g-o.com also on amazon and then just about every other online store okay um physically physical stores we have about two thousand dealers throughout the country primarily boat yards marinas hunting and fishing stores so on and so forth and for somebody who you know for somebody who's stuck you know in a variety of places i don't care whether they're stuck in a boat out in the middle of the water with a, a dead battery or they're stuck in their car and even to the point where you know maybe you're driving down the road and your alternator fails and all of a sudden you essentially run out of electricity you could hook this up and because it, it is a storage battery you're going to start the car and it's going to provide some electricity back to the system, maybe to get you another five or ten miles, but at least to some place maybe where you can get your car fixed. Yeah, the, the we don't recommend you bypassing a battery, yep. so this is designed to hook up to the dead right. battery. If you if you try to bypass it and just hook it up right to the cables, it actually won't work. That's oh, good. Okay. Precaution. Yep. But, uh, we've but, had people try just yep. about everything. Yeah. Well, that's good because the more people try and the more things that uh, don't work the way they should, the better off that everybody is all the way around because then you know how the product's going to work. It, it looks like a great product. I love the way it's packaged. I love the idea of the, the super bright flashlight uh, to be able to see what you're doing. The cables look good and hefty, uh, and the, the cable clamps themselves look like they'll work on side terminal, top terminal, easy-to-use kind of stuff. Uh, stick it stick it in the trunk, stick it under the front seat, put it somewhere where you can, where it's there when you need it. And, you know, if, uh, you know, if, if you're lucky, you'll never need it. And if you're, uh, uh, less than lucky, well, you have it there and you're, and, and you're ready for whatever, whatever there is that's going to affect your battery. Yeah. Or you can, you can be a good Samaritan and help your fellow, fellow yeah. traveler. No, uh, no, it makes a lot of sense. I, I kind of, I kind of want to walk around parking lots looking for people that, that need a jump start now. 
good. All right. Hey, Jerry, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday morning to join us up here in Boston. Thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Jerry Toscani, T-O-S-C-A-N-I, Toscani? I think so. CEO of WeGo, and, uh, you know, good guy. And the product I have, I'm just going to try it out once, and then we're going to give it away. And we're going to give it away, I think, uh, we'll do like an uh, email sort of raffle sort of thing. So email me at jpaul at AAA Northeast, and uh, we'll put your names in a hat over the next couple of weeks, and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, give you, we'll give you something. Why don't we take a quick break? Pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. We'll be right back. family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. Do you have an ache, perhaps back pain or neck pain due to an injury, or maybe you're recovering from surgery? Well, suffer no more. ProBody Physical Therapy is your solution for physical restoration. At ProBody Physical Therapy, they treat neck and back pain, sprains and strains, sports injuries, rotator cuff injuries, whiplash, and conditions such as tendonitis, arthritis, and carpal tunnel syndrome. ProBody Physical Therapy, serving the Metro Boston area, centrally located at 265 Medford Street in Somerville. Most insurance accepted. Call 617-623-3700 or visit ProBodyPTMA.com. Hi, this is GM Pat Ryan updating you on Pat's latest picks. Are you planning a wedding or some other special event? The Irish Cultural Center in Canton's Tented Patio is the perfect place. It overlooks amazing pristine grounds, seats up to 350 guests, and comes complete with a lighted deck. It's available from the end of April right through October. Regular rental for four hours, $2,500. You can purchase it from us for half price. That's $1,250. How about a dream vacation? An all-exclusive vacation package for two at the Wyndham All-Exclusive Resort. Three days and two nights at a beautiful beachfront resort at your choice of Bahamas, Mexico, or the Dominican Republic. Regularly $1,500. You can purchase it for $749.50. Doesn't include airfare, but it is a great deal. 
Just go on to wezeradio.com and click on the discount shopping and purchase it. Or call me direct, 617-691-2521. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Unless you're listening on Sunday night, then you're listening on WBIX uh, AM 1260, the business buzz. Um, well, it seems like, uh, let's see, this is week, uh, I don't know what what week it is, first, first week in April, second week in April, something like that. And I've been to my third autonomous vehicle conference in the last six weeks, and we're hearing a lot about mobility. We're hearing a lot about vehicle autonomy. And with us on the phone is Sam Abulzamid. He's a senior analyst uh, about for mobility for Navigant Research. Uh, Sam, good morning, and welcome to Boston. Good morning, John. Pleasure to join you today. And uh, so uh, autonomous vehicles and mobility, it's uh, uh Ford, Ford is, uh, when I was in Detroit at the Detroit Auto Show, uh, Bill Ford said, uh, we're not so much a car company anymore, we're a mobility and technology company. Uh, what's that translate into? Um, what, basically, for almost all the big car makers, they're, they're looking at how they can shift their business models over the next decade. You know, they see the, the potential of uh, autonomous cars, self-driving cars, to be able to take over uh, from people, and so and and they're seeing other trends like more and more people moving into cities, especially younger people moving into cities. Traffic problems everywhere around the world, and so they're trying to figure out how can how can they deal with with all this and and make um, transportation, urban transportation, especially um, practical without uh, without adding to congestion even more. And so they're they're looking at you know self driving cars and uh, ride hailing services where instead of owning a car, you know a lot of people in cities don't want to own a car because it's expensive, hard to park, and so all of these things together are driving the the industry to shift towards uh, building mobility services around self driving cars. And with self driving cars, how how does uh, how does Ford rank up there with the uh, against uh, some of the other companies that are also trying to do the same thing? Well, my company at Navigant Research, we just published uh, a leaderboard report on uh, autonomous driving systems. And, and what these reports uh, do is it gives us kind of a snapshot of where the industry stands right now. When we look at the companies that are developing these, these technologies and services and who's, who's, got, who's putting together all the pieces that it's going to take to succeed in, in making this a commercial reality. Um, and so, you know, based on the fact that um, they're developing services, they're developing the core technologies, they've got manufacturing capability, uh, the ability to, to service and, and maintain these vehicles. Um, we found that most of the big automakers um, overall are best positioned to succeed with Ford, GM, uh, Renault, Nissan, and Daimler uh, at the top of the, the rankings. Um, and companies like Waymo, uh, which is the, the Google Cars, mm-hmm. Google self-driving cars spin-off, They've got, we think they probably still have the best technology overall, but they don't have a lot of the other pieces that it's going to take to succeed yet, but that can easily change. Yeah, it it, it can, and it, and it really, you know, you look at, I guess, different way 
uh, car manufacturers are trying to come up with their own form of vehicle autonomy, whether it's Tesla that's using their system or uh, Waymo or Google or whatever name they're using today, where they really go out and they map everything to incredible extents and then they look for sort of what's different and then they they cater around that. So I, the way I understand it, the way uh, Google was doing it, is they would literally go out and map the street and then when a person would walk in the middle of the street, the computer would know, oh, wait, that wasn't there a second ago because we know what the street's supposed to look like and they, and they can make adjustments. That to me seems phenomenally uh time consuming and some of the some of the systems are different uh one of the things i saw was the uh the autonomous fusion and i have to admit it looked like a regular car yeah uh you know that's one of the things that we're starting to see now is this shift you know we've seen self-driving car prototypes over the last few years that are bristling with all these sensors all over the car and now that they're starting to get the sensors smaller um, they're figuring out how to integrate them into the car itself, so it, you know you don't. It doesn't look as obviously like an autonomous car. Um, and what you were mentioning about the maps is that's that's a very important component of all of this. Um, you know, Google's obviously been doing you know mapping for a long time. Uh, there's a company called Here, which was uh, spun off from from Nokia, uh, and last year was bought by a consortium of. Um, Daimler, Volkswagen, and BMW, you know, these and other companies like TomTom, they're all building these high-definition maps that you describe that show every where everything is. And one of the key things going forward is um, it's not just going to be the companies um, driving cars around to build these maps, but all every car with all these sensors on it is also going to be contributing to these maps. And they will see what see what the sensors see, and when there's something different from the map, it'll transmit that up to the cloud and then get incorporated back into the map and shared with the rest of the vehicle fleet. Mm. And one of the things, you know, one of the things we always we always kind of look at with, um, and I think it confuses consumers, and it, I know it confuses me, is we talk about the, you know, five different levels of vehicle autonomy. And I remember talking with some folks from Ford, and they were almost saying, well, you know, you can, you can talk about level two vehicle autonomy. We don't know that it fully exists yet, and we don't care who it, who it is, because we're not sure. And the one thing that everybody's sure about is level three vehicle autonomy is sort of stupid, where you have to, you know, be kind of posed over the steering wheel waiting to take over when the car just can't do it anymore. And that to me seems like, you know, something that all the manufacturers have to work on trying to find the right answer for, for when, when the car drives itself and when it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, level three, you know, what you described as level three is the system where the car is capable of being autonomous under very limited conditions. Um, but you know, some, from time to time that, the human driver is going to have to take over control again, so they have to be prepared to do that. And, um, you know, a lot of studies have now shown that that might not be practical because of the time. You know, what, once you've got a car that can drive itself to that degree, you know, you start to, you start to tune out and disengage, and, you know, if the car is driving along, you see the kinds of things that we saw with uh, some of the videos that came out, you know, last year yeah. of, of Tesla drivers just not paying attention. And then when the car does need you to take over, you won't be ready, and, and then that's when bad things happen. So a lot of car makers are have basically decided they're um, they're going to skip level three and, and to some degree even level two mm. to go straight to level four. So so looking looking at this, it, it looking at the research that you guys did, it really looks like Ford's in a really good place right now, right? 
Yeah, Ford and, and also, like I said, the other leading yep. car makers, because they, they've been investing heavily in the core technologies that they need for uh, automated driving, but also building out the services um, for ride-hailing. So it's the type of thing that you think of you know, with Uber and Lyft as ride-hailing services. They're building out those services uh, on their own internally, or they've invested in those other companies like GM. Uh, you know, last year invested five hundred million dollars in Lyft, um, and uh, Daimler's got uh, their own investments in, in, mm-hmm. in other ride-hailing companies. So, um, th- those are having all those pieces together is what it's going to take to succeed. Yeah, and you know, not you know, and I'm almost asking for your opinion rather than your research, but. Um, you know, when we look at self-driving vehicles and we look at, you know, whatever there is, 250 million cars in the United States right now, um, do you see the future of more cars, but they're autonomous? Or do you see the future of more ride-hailing type services with vehicle that are autonomous where people just don't have cars anymore? Um, I, I think it's going to be a mix, certainly in cities. I think we're going to see a shift towards more autonomous ride-hailing services mm-hmm. um, because, you know, as I mentioned previously, uh, you know, it's it's really hard and expensive often to park in cities. You know, uh, there's just not enough space. And so if people can have access to a vehicle whenever they need it through some kind of service, whether it's, you know, it's a subscription-based mm-hmm. service or on-demand, on then um, they're going to, I think they're going to want to take that approach. And I think over over the long term, it will probably lead to a decline in the total number of vehicles on the road, um, but it's going to—I mean—it's going to be decades before we get to that. You know, probably yeah. well into the 2030s or even 2040s before we start to see a real decline in the total number of cars. Mm. Yeah, it's to me. To me, uh, it was. I was on my way from. I live south of Boston. I was on my way to Cambridge, so just just on the outskirts of Boston, on the other side, and uh, one. And so it's about. 24 miles from my house in the morning I chose to drive into Boston it took me two and a half hours to drive that 20 some odd miles and I'm thinking you know this would be this would be a good time to have an autonomous vehicle where in that couple hours I could maybe do something else or sleep or something on the other hand the the fear is to me that um, we replace all those cars that were on the road that day clogging up the roadways with a bunch of autonomous vehicles that are still clogging up the roadways yeah the I think where the potential difference and the potential benefit comes from the autonomous cars is because they're 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 talking to each other. They can sense what's going on around them faster than we can as humans hmm. and react faster. Um, you you have the potential for those cars to actually run closer together um, and uh, you know be able to react as a group. You know where I mean you've seen you've seen the chain reactions. You know where one person hits the the brakes and all of a sudden. You've got this chain reaction going down the road of everybody slowing down for, for no apparent reason. Mm. That's what causes congestion. So if you've got a, a group of coordinated self-driving cars, you could you should be able to get better overall traffic flow. So even if you have the same number of vehicles or even more vehicles, you can use the, the space you have on the road more effectively. Mm. Yeah, no, no, really good point. You're right. And the other thing is that, you know, I kind of look at this is uh, uh, National Distracted Driving Week. And I kind of look at it, if you had self-driving vehicles, at least somebody's paying attention. That's right. The computer is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, if people want to find out more information about your research at Navigant, how do they do that? 
they can go to navigantresearch.com. That starts with an N, uh, N-A-V-I-G-A-N-T, research.com. And uh, you can find all of our research reports there and, and contact us if you're interested in more information. Perfect. Hey, Sam, thanks for ta- taking some time out of your Saturday morning and joining us up here in Boston. Pleasure to talk to you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. All right. Bye-bye. Yep. Well, that was uh, that was uh, uh, our friends from Navigant. Uh, and really, you look at sort of where the future is going to be and what's up with the future um, – you know, I think Sam Abulzamine had the heads. You know, has kind of his finger on the pulse of where this is all going to go because it is uh, it is a very interesting topic. You know, I still think the whole idea of car sharing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, people still love their cars. People name their cars. People care about their cars more than themselves sometimes. Um, you know, and then there are people that cars are just appliances. And for them, I think that, uh, you know, that will certainly be the case where people look at, you know, I, I don't even need to own a car. I'll just, uh, I'll just get one when I need it. I'll hit a button on my phone. My car will come and get me, and I don't have to worry about it. But I think there's going to be other people that really do care about their cars, and um, those, uh, I think, uh, you'll be, you know, prying their keys out of their dead cold hands, sort of thing. Why don't we take another break? Pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. When we come back, we're going to do a car review about the Ford Escape, and then we're also going to do a little bit of Ford base trivia at the same time. So uh, when we come back, a car review, a little bit of trivia, and if you want to enter to win the WeGo uh, Jumpstart system, uh, send me an email at jpaul at aaanortheast.com. So J-P-A-U-L at aaanortheast, you have to spell it northeast, um, and send it to me, and we will enter you in to win the WeGo. We'll be right back. family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? 
Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800 518 4020. That's 800 518 4020. How would you like a second source of income without having to work a second job? Does that sound just about too good to be true? Well, my friends at Online Trading Academy can show you how other people are doing this every day. You see, they have a patented core strategy that can help you learn how to follow what the big banks on Wall Street are doing and how profits are being made when the market goes up and even when it goes down. And right now, they are giving away a free mini tablet preloaded with great investing videos and classes so you can get started right away. The tablet is yours to keep just for attending the next free class where you can ask questions and learn more. Just call 888-965-TRADE. Call 888-965-TRADE. The market is making all kinds of moves. Are you ready to move with it? Call 888-965-TRADE, 888-965-8723. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal opportunity lender. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Well, a couple things before we get to the car review and trivia. First off, um, this week was we had to kind of maintain the Volkswagen a little bit this week. It went to back to Paul Clark Volkswagen, where it came from, and went in for an oil change. Apparently, I just uh, I just asked. Apparently, it uh, was about a half an hour to get it done. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was, uh, it was the... Uh, it was the, the what amounts to the twenty thousand mile service that really only the car has half of that mileage on it. But um, but the, you know Volkswagen claims one year oil changes and so far so good. I can't can't really say anything bad. So up to uh, up to Paul Clark Volkswagen where they took good care of us and got the car in and serviced it and got it back and. Things are things are good. Don't we won't go back for another year unless something check engine light comes on or something. But it shouldn't do that either. But um, and also it was time for an inspection sticker, so I went to go see uh, Junior D'Amato, no stranger to this radio station. He's been on a bunch of times uh, as a as a guest, and uh, 
Uh, every time I go there, there's always all kinds of craziness going on over there because he's so busy and he's got he's got sort of these odd jobs that nobody wants to tackle. But people say to me, "Why do you drive all the way into High Park and then drive into then drive to Providence afterwards?" And I said, "Because he's one of the shops that opens up at seven a.m. I get I get there at seven a.m. They do a good inspection. I'm out the door by seven thirty, and I'm at work by eight thirty. And uh, you know, water shops don't open up till a little bit later. By the time I get there, it'd be late for work, so I'm able to go in there. And I go there early, so I, I, I. If you see him, you know he's he's a tea drinker. So, uh, uh, dark tea, one sugar, two tea bags, is how he gets it. And uh, Richie Riley, his uh, his head tech over there, good guy, and he's always there really early. He likes to get in and have a little quiet time to himself but the shop was hopping they were they had cars all over the place and a busy place and 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 good service they do a good job there so thanks to thanks to uh junior for getting me in and getting me out and not getting me fired at work so that was a good thing um we're going to talk about recall notices in just a bit uh also i have to uh, i have to give uh my friends on the AAA uh automotive uh, engineering task force kind of a compliment here there is, well, not kind of a compliment, definitely a compliment. Uh, AAA has won the coveted PR Daily Award for their automotive engineering efforts over the last several years. Entitled Refueling Automotive Expertise, AAA submission won first place in the brand campaign category ahead of Gatorade, M&M's, Ikea, Coleman's, uh, and something else. And uh, an honorable mention in the 2016 PR campaign category as well. So according to PR Daily, AAA's outreach shines spotlights on new and emerging automotive technology. Reports reinvigorated AAA's relevance and produced a surge of media coverage. Uh, It really did. And uh, this is a group uh, um, of AAA folks, Greg Brannon, uh, Scott, uh, uh, John uh, Milbraith, Scott Severe, um, Bob Kazor, and uh, the engineers um, that are there, Dwayne Shoemate and Josh, uh, whose name I can't even fathom to try to pronounce, um, but uh, and Megan McKernan, they're all on the team, and I just sort of hang out with them. I, they in, they invited me in because one of my coworkers, John Nardolillo, uh, is on it, but he can't always make it, so I just kind of go there and. I don't know if I help or hinder sometimes, but they did a great they did a great job with the different programs they were doing. So, uh, congratulations to the team there for winning that award. Um, good stuff. So, bunch of recalls in the news. In fact, one big one coming up. We'll get to that in just a bit. Also, you can tell it's that time of year. I got my first notification from the Bay State Antique Auto Club about their car show. It's going to be July 9th. John, if you're listening, I'll be there. I probably won't. I say that every year. I've said that every year for like 20 years now. I think I've been twice. But uh, but also this year, live, entertain, live entertainment featuring Cruz and Bruce Palmer. And Cruz and Bruce. So Cruz and Bruce is, uh, and Bruce is a good guy. Actually, we're friends on Facebook. And um, he occasionally makes witty comments about my postings from time to time. So uh, we'll have to have him on the show sometime. He's... Uh, uh, talk to him about it. Uh, but I want to talk about the car that has gotten me around for a couple of days, and that is the 2017 Ford Escape. The model I drove was the SE. It's front-wheel drive. 
The latest Ford Escape comes in three trim levels, S, SE, and Titanium, and three four-cylinder engines, a 2.5-liter, a 1.5-liter turbocharged engine, and a 2-liter supercharged version. Our road test was sort of in the middle, the Escape SE, the 179-horsepower, 1.5-liter EcoBoost engine driving the front uh, wheels. There is all-wheel drive as an option. The front seating area is comfortable. Um, a little bit cozy, I thought. It does feel like a small SUV inside, um, but uh, generally, generally pretty good. Uh, major controls are generally weighed, uh, well laid out, and the voice command sync system is much improved over past versions. In fact, I asked it to change the radio station the other day, and it did. I asked it to change the radio station again, and it did. Um the last car I was in, I asked for navigation to work. It didn't. Asked for navigation to work again. It didn't. I finally gave up on that one. I, I asked my phone to do navigation. It did it perfectly. So uh, so the new sync system works a lot better than the older versions. Uh, safety is addressed with a full complement of airbags. So, you know, talking with uh, Sam from Navigant, you know, you talk about some of the systems that are available in Ford products right now. Blind spot monitors, reverse sensing systems, uh, not in our vehicle, but optional lane keeping systems, self-parking, front collision warning with automatic braking. Uh, safety is, can be well addressed in uh, these vehicles. Ours just had blind spot monitors and reverse sensing so um it was still uh you know interesting features that you would see on high-end cars years ago and we're seeing we're seeing quite a f- those systems just about everywhere in fact there's a general understanding that by the year 2022 or 21 or 23 one of those that all cars will have front collision warning systems with automatic braking so in the event of a collision, a front-end collision, it will warn you and at least try to slow you down. And there are different systems. We we did some testing at AAA and found out that there are systems that do automatic braking in front collisions. Some only slow the car down. Some bring it to a complete stop. So, you know, if you're out shopping and you're looking specifically for that kind of technology, check and see what it really is because one might do a better job than others. Uh, the rear seating area is adequate, but the seating position, I don't think, lends itself to long drives. You sit a little bit low. The seat cushions are a little bit short and didn't find them particularly comfortable. I didn't spend a lot of time back there, but just tried it. Uh, the rear seats fold down pretty easily. Uh, they ha- there's a button on the head restraint, so you push that, and the head restraints fold on a 90-degree angle. So even if the front seats are just about all the way back, you can still flip the rear seats flat and... Uh, you don't have to take the head restraints out, which is kind of nice. Or, as in some cars, you have to run the front seat all the way up, put the seat down, and then run the seat back to where it is where it's comfortable. These have this uh, little button that flips the head restraints down. Uh, it's uh, And when you do that, there's uh, quite a bit of room in the back. So you can carry a lot of stuff if you need to. It, it made one trip to Lowe's while I had it. Um, Overall, I think, uh, you know, looking at the vehicle, it's quiet. It handles well. It actually feels a little sportier than some other SUVs. I think it's generally a very competent vehicle. Overall, I'd put the Ford Escape sort of mid-pack in this very competitive and and also competent segment. I think this segment of SUV, whether it's a Hyundai Tucson or, a, you know, or, or something else, 
in that category. I think uh, I think uh, it you know f- fits pretty well. Our vehicle, as tested, was thirty thousand eight hundred seventy dollars. Uh, fuel economy twenty three city thirty highway. I've been averaging now. Most of my driving is highway, but I've been averaging just around twenty nine miles per gallon against a four cylinder. It's one hundred and seventy nine horsepower. It does come with a compact spare, so at least it has a spare, which is kind of nice. Well, I promised we would do trivia, and uh, hopefully everybody's gotten their trivia presents, uh, prizes recently. Uh, in, the, in the recent years, recent being the last 20 or 30, uh, Lincoln made two pickup trucks. One was the Lincoln Mark LT. What was the other pickup truck that Lincoln made? One was the Lincoln Mark LT. What was the other pickup truck that had a Lincoln badge on it? If you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Well, I got a notice from my uh, local police department. I get text notices, and it talked about a variety of different scams that are out there right now. And one of them is, you know, some relative of yours has been kidnapped and send them money. Well, unfortunately, my nephew fell for a similar scam. He was, um, he got a call from what purported was the, uh, was a debt collection company for the IRS. And they told him he owed, I don't know, $10,000 in back taxes. And then they spoofed his phone again. And his uh, cell phone said it was a local police department. Then, then it said it was the IRS again. Then it said it was another local police department, and he got really nervous and scared. And uh, they said to him, well, what we're willing to do because we're a collection agency is if you pay us in iTunes gift cards, we will, we will say that is a good faith, good faith settlement, and we will tell the IRS your debt is fully collected. And unfortunately, he sent them $6,300 worth of iTunes gift cards, which is all the money he had. So if someone calls you, whether they say that there's a relative in jail, whether they say there's, you know, they're from the IRS, whether they, whatever the case is, they are not. So, uh, you know, be very careful of those kind of things. In fact, afterwards, he was at the police department. And they called back again, and the, the, he, he showed the cop that he was talking to the uh, the phone call, and he said, well, I'm a police officer. What's your badge number? And I guess the guy hung up. So if you get any kind of these calls, and it was kind of funny, I was on the phone with the Metro West Consumer Group. Uh, they asked me to come out and do something with them one day. And I said, by the way, do you get much of this? And they said, a lot. And people just get so nervous because these people are so good at it. In fact, um, I had a doctor's appointment this week, and I was talking to my doctor, who apparently I wasn't sick enough because he sat down and we decided to chat for a little while, um, which never really happens, you know. So so uh, he asked me about my newspaper columns and some other things, and uh, uh, but he said, uh, but he, we were talking, and I was telling him about what happened to my nephew, and he said, a similar thing happened to his father-in-law. His father-in-law owns a uh, laundromat, and he got a call that said, you owe this amount of money, and he, he said they were so convincing, and they called back and they called back and called back that he, that he sent them something like 
$2,100 or something. And uh, two different people I work with, one of them, their aunt, I think, uh, they got a phone call that said that their their kid was in was in jail, and they sent them I think five or ten thousand dollars. And then another woman I work with, same kind of deal. They said their granddaughter I think was in a jail in Mexico, and they sent them forty nine thousand dollars. So you know they they know they know where you are and i guess in some extent they have an idea how much money you have you know depending on age you may you may if you're older you may have a lot of money or a little money but uh they know so don't fall for these things is the message here is uh, there are a lot of scams and it's it was kind of interesting that right after this happened with my nephew i got a a message from the abington police department where i live and it said here's this little video of how it happens and they this little four minute video so it is um and they and they actually a couple weeks before that sent out a text message to the town that said there is this kind of scams going on and then they reinforced it just the other day so there's a bunch of this going on right now so be very very careful if you're if you're out there um and if somebody calls you or tries to get a hold of you and even though it may on your phone show up that it might say irs or it might say uh boston police or quincy police or wherever you live that can be done, that's called spoofing, where you can actually make a email or a phone number appear as something different. And it looks convincing. They sound convincing. That's their full-time job, and apparently they're really good at it. So ignore it. If you think there's an issue, call. You know, if, you, if, if it's the IRS, call the IRS back. Don't call them back. Call the IRS back. If it's a police department, call the police department back. Don't call the numbers that they leave because they're just going back into there and they will take, they'll find a way to take your money because they're that good at convincing you about it. So don't do that. So that's my public service announcement for today. Besides it's also national distracted driving awareness week. So don't drive distracted either. 617-770-3030, Let's try Lori. Lori, do you have a guest for trivia? Hello. Laurie, 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 is the phone button on? Laurie, hello, hello. There we go. There we go. Hello. All right. Is it the Lincoln Blackwood? It is the Lincoln Blackwood. You are absolutely right. How did you know it was a Lincoln Blackwood? Uh, I had my husband help me. All right. I'll give you extra credit if you know what kind of wood the bed was made out of. Oh God. Um. <laughs> Nothing I ever heard of. I think they made it up. They claimed it was made out of Zabrano walnut. I don't even know what that is. I th- I think it I think it's right up there with Corinthian leather. Because uh, because at one time, you know, Ricardo Montalban was selling Chrysler's and he was talking about was talking about I'm, I'm old as everybody in the studio pointed out. And they they said the the uh, Chrysler had um had Corinthian leather, and there was no such thing as Corinthian leather. It was it, it was leather, and it was not made by Corinthians, apparently. But I'll tell you what. You stay right there, and Karen will take down your name and address, and we'll get you out a prize, okay? All right. Excellent. Thank All right. You. Thank you. Bye-bye now. So Karen will take care of Lori. Good guess on her part. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Lincoln Blackwood was was actually a terrible truck because— it had this really odd-sized bed with a hard cover on top of it. And the problem is it wasn't a very deep bed. So if you went someplace and you got a box that was like more than 12 inches tall, you had to leave the bed cover popped up because it 
was the bed wasn't deep enough. but uh, the other vehicle, the Lincoln uh, Mark LT, it was a uh, luxury pickup sold by Lincoln. The first went on sale in January of uh, 2005 uh, for actually, they called it a 2006. The Mark LT is essentially a rebadged version of, the, of a Ford F-150 with a lot more luxury in it. The, the Mark LT is a successor to the failed 2002 only. So the Lincoln, that's why you don't see a lot of Blackwoods. Lincoln Blackwood, which, by the way, was never sold in Canada because they're smarter, I think. I don't know why. But it was uh, Lincoln's only other uh, pickup truck. It was a rear-wheel drive vehicle, so that, again, was one of the problems. Um, it just wasn't It wasn't a terrific truck. Um, you know, the Lincoln LT was uh, a little bit more successful. They sold, um, they sold about, I don't know, 13,000 or something. Um, the Blackwood in his first year sold about 10,000, and that was pretty much it. So it just wasn't it wasn't a terrific vehicle because it had a lot of it. You know, who knows? Maybe if you still have one and you keep it for 50 years, it'll become a weird collector's item like a lot of things do. But right now, yeah, not 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 really not really anything. You know, time will tell. But you know, the only good thing about the Blackwood is Lori's going to win a trivia prize because of it. So. <laughs> So how's that? Well, I, I saw I saw a recall just pop up last night, and this one's a big one, um, and big in not just um, it affects a lot of vehicles, but it's pretty major, and it's um, it's affecting Hyundai and Kia. So, if you own a Hyundai or Kia, do you own one of those, Karen, a Hyundai or a Kia? I have a Hyundai. Yes, yeah. you do. So this this may affect you. But uh, recalls are good. Remember, recalls are good. Um, Hyundai and its South Korea sibling Kia are recalling 1.2 million cars and crossovers built from 2011 to 2014. Um, According to documents filed with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, it shows that in some cases the engines may fail. And uh, and, and they, they call it an increased risk of stalling which it seems like it's more than just a stalling problem. The engines suffer from two problems, both of which stem from flawed manufacturing process. NHTSA's defect report on the Kia vehicles affected by the recall explains that the engine crankshafts are machined poorly and their oil passages may not have been completely cleaned of metal debris, complicating matters that the engine's crank pins were manufactured with uneven surfaces. What happens? The engine breaks. Yeah, it's not good. So combine the crankshaft debris and the roughness of the crank pins can keep oil from getting into the engine's connecting rod bearings, which over time is going to cause the engine to stall because it seizes up. The good news is that the failure of the connecting rod bearing is rarely sudden. It's going to make a whole heck of a lot of noise before that happens. But what will happen is if you are one of these 1.3 million vehicles, um, which is 572,000 Hyundais and 618,000 Kias, and you will get a recall notice in the next few weeks. And depending on what's wrong, it looks like they'll inspect the engine assembly, replace the affected parts as necessary. The fix will be carried out at no charge, and you'll have essentially a almost newer engine again. So, um, And this affects, so you know, 2013 to 14 Hyundai Sonatas. 2013 to 14 Hyundai Santa Fe Sports, 2011 to 2014 Kia Optimas, 2012 to 2014 Kia Sorentos, and 2011 to 2013 Kia Sportages. 
So I don't think yours is in there. So you're clear of this, at least for right now, unless they find there's other problems coming. So, um, but no, it's if you own again, it's 2013 and 14 Sonata, 2013-14 Hyundai Santa Fe Sport, 2011-14 to 14 Kia Optima, 2012-14 to 14 Kia Sorento, and 2011-2014 to 2014 Kia Sportage. If you own one of those vehicles, you may be getting a recall notice in the next, uh, well, actually probably mid-May, so next few weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, something like that. So you will be getting... You will be getting a notice about that. If you want more information, you can either go to Kia or Hyundai's website, or you can call the National Highway Traffic Safety Vehicles uh, hotline at 888-327-4236, and you can ask about the safety campaign. Um, So what happens when people get recall notices? Mostly. Nothing happens. That's what happens. People don't do anything about it. There was a story out that said in a survey recently, uh, the good news is the vast majority of consumers said that they would respond to a recall notice, but they say they respond, but they don't in a lot of cases. Um, The question lies at the heart of a consumer preference uh, uh, vehicle research safety recalls written by some company out of the University of Michigan. And it says the good news is the vast majority of consumers said that they would respond to recall notices. That's what they say. That's like saying you're going to exercise more and lose weight. People, everybody says it. Nobody does it. So 70, 78% poll by an auto, by a rate of an automotive recall is 10. Uh, an additional 12.1% suggested that it mattered between 6 and 9 on a scale, suggesting they're inclined to have their cars repaired. Only 4.7% said they would be inclined to have their vehicle service. They wouldn't be inclined to have their vehicle service, including 2.1% that said they'd absolutely refuse to do so. And a curious 3.5% said they didn't know what to do, which is sort of weird. All told, the figures uh, for auto recalls were higher than for almost any other type of recall apart from tires, which was within a couple of percentage points and therefore within the recall's margin of error. Consumers were least likely to respond to recalls of um, things like outdoor work equipment, household electronics, power tools, and fewer than 15% of the respondents uh, putting those in the definitely would respond category. Well, they say they're going to do it, but I've read in multiple locations that something like 60% of the recalls never get done. People get the recall notice, they throw it away, they don't do anything about it. And that's one of the things when you go to a car dealership, if you bring your car in, what they do is they look for active recall notices and then they do them while you're there because they're kind of obligated to do that to make sure your car is safe. So, um, so there's, there's uh, room for improvement. And it says, uh, when asked about ways which people prefer to get notified about recall, 73% choose conventional mail, though um, respondents could choose multiple methods of notification regular mail is still number one email was popular for uh, still a certain amount but i think even with email people get so much email today they just tend to ignore it so i think that's one of the problems um you know you look at some of the recalls like airbag recalls that affect nearly a third of the vehicles out there so it's a big deal Why don't we take another break? If you would like to join us, our phone lines are open right now. It's 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. If you have a question about your car, uh, whatever it is, we'll try to help you with that, 617-770-3030. Or, well, I I got an email from somebody who's having problems with his golf cart. 
I, it's kind of a car, I guess. Um, and I think maybe I came up with an answer. Well, we'll have to see whether we, if he responds back and says that my I had a good idea. We'll find out. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. Celebrating 50 years of Irish on WROL, Irish 950. My name is Richard Clifford, and I live in Milton. My mom and dad would listen to WROL every Saturday, and it was very interesting to hear the very best in Irish culture and music broadcast. John Latchford always helped out special education schools and other causes. Boston is the most Irish city in America, and the Irish Hit Parade truly proves that. And thanks to your internet stream, millions around the world are able to join you every Saturday. Thank you and happy anniversary, Irish Hit Parade. To share your memories and stories of what WROL Irish 950 has meant to you over the years, call us at 617-691-2534. Our phone lines are open 24-7, so call us anytime, 617-691-2534. Need tires? The Sullivan Tire tradition of giving New England great value continues with the biggest tire event of the year. All of our tires are on sale. If you need tires, don't wait. Every tire we stock is on sale now. You can save even more with mail-in rebates on select brands. But hurry, this sale runs through April 16th, and it's only at Sullivan Tire. You won't find a better place to buy tires, and we will not be beat on price. Come in today. Go Sox! Visit SullivanTire.com for details. Hello, this is Carol Howley-Simmons, General Sales Manager of Salem Media Group Boston. As you know, 2017 is WROL Irish 950's Golden Jubilee. And as we plan our upcoming celebrations, we are feeling nostalgic and think it is only fitting to dance down memory lane with all of you. We would like you to call us at 617-691-2534 and share your memories and stories of what WROL Irish 950 has meant to you over the years. We will record you and then share your words each weekend over the airwaves. Our phone lines are open 24-7, so call us anytime at 617-691-2534. For 50 years, WROL Irish 950 has proudly made history every Irish weekend, right up to this very weekend. Come make it with us. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Yeah, 
50 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Uh, well, I was just daydreaming looking on Facebook because that's all Facebook's good for. And and anybody who's in Florida now apparently is is able to leave Florida because uh, I was uh, uh, somebody who's been on this program before, Nicole Wakelin, went down to see some Honda thing that was going on. She had a flight yesterday that got yesterday at four o'clock that got delayed till eight o'clock this morning that got delayed again and apparently her connection flight which there's there's a problem according to her delta app she when the, when her plane lands she'll have two minutes to get to the next gate so she's probably not going to make that one either and the person from honda who's there her flight was delayed five times and she's in atlanta where there's other problems, and she shows pictures of little kids sleeping on the uh, the luggage carousel. And um, she did get a notification that she's in Atlanta, and her bag is on carousel 23 in Orlando. So, so I don't know what's going on in Florida, but apparently they're not letting the people leave. That's what it sounds like. People are just stuck in Florida. Let's see. Where are we going here? Let's go to Rick on line two. Rick? Hey there. Uh, here's a suggestion that may encourage people to get their recalls done. If they don't get it done, their wheels will fall off? No. No? Okay. That's uh, the same reason I had I told my daughter to get her recall done. It increases the resale value of your car. Well, that's a good. That's a good point because if your car if your car has an open recall that didn't get done, someone may look at it and go, "I, I first off, it makes it less likely that someone would buy it." And a lot of people yep. run Carfax reports, and when they do, if they see an open recall, they might go, oh, "I don't even want you know that person." And and psychologically, that person they might say, "You know, it's it's a good thing, but." They didn't get it done, so how how do they take care of the rest of their car? Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So good point. Yeah, uh, and here's a question for you. Okay. Sunday morning after the rain, I went out to get my turn my car on, get it running, and it would not turn over. Later Sunday, uh, later in the day, Sunday, it started up with no problem. Friday, I went out to go do some volunteer work. Mm-hmm. Car would not start. Uh, but later when I came back, it started up with no problem and that, um, which is creating problems between, you know, creates problems because then I need to use my wife's van, which, mm-hmm. which we all know has, has, goes over so well. Yeah. So, so when it didn't start, it, did it just not crank? Like you turn the key like a no, dead it battery? Cranked, or cranked, or... Over, cranked over with no problem. Okay. And that, uh, Sunday it would, blah, 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 and that was it. Uh, Friday, or it wouldn't do anything. It just it cranks over. You know, in that, so you, crank, 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 crank. No fire. Yep. No fire. And what? Remind me what kind of car this is again. Nineteen ninety-eight Honda Civic. Probably needs a distributor. Probably needs a distributor. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing there's probably if someone was able to pull a spark plug wire off and check it. They would check it and find out there's no spark, and there's no spark because inside the distributor, uh, the magic that goes on inside there is not working anymore, and in that model, it's actually a little cheaper to put a whole distributor in it than fix the part that's broken. That's my mm-hmm. guess. 
And again, just yeah. a guess, but that's my guess. There's three things that make a car work. You need you need fuel, you need spark, and you need compression and sort of timing. So we know the engine runs well, so we got that cleared when it runs, it runs well. So that covers the timing compression part. And then the next part is fuel, and we assume there's fuel because it did start at one point. So that leaves, in its most basic sense, that leaves spark, and I'm willing to bet in that Civic it needs a distributor. The problem is the best way to find it is when it's broken. So when you drive it to your friendly repair shop and they go, I don't know, it seems to be running fine, that's where the issue becomes. So uh, it's, yep. going to, it's going to be one of those things. And, and again, it's um, it's inside the inside the distributor is probably faulty. The reluctor inside there is bad. and um, But fairly common on some of the Civics. Yeah, well, uh, one of the things that I was kind of you know, wondering about, seeing that... Uh, the day before each of the days that didn't uh, work fired up in the morning, we had a good rain and wind uh, coming in. Yeah. Is this the moisture getting in there? It it could it could be that it could be moisture as well, but generally it's got to get really really wet. Um, it could I mean it could be you know, but I I'm I'm guessing that's probably not as much the case as. Um, as the the issue is more of a, uh, I think it's more of just a distributor problem. But uh, but it could be. I mean, e- you know, the good thing is that's that's one of the easiest things to simulate is you have the car sitting there, you see that everything's working the way it should, and you get a spray bottle full of water and you you spray the distributor, you spray the ignition, you spray the you spray the ignition wires, and you look for sparks starting to fly off at things. And when you see that, you know that you have a uh, you have an issue. So. Yes. Yeah, if it's a distributor, just wrap it in duct tape and hope for the best. Well, you could do that, but actually buying a new distributor would probably be the best bet. So, but that's, that's <laughs> oh, what, what I, I can't that, go out cheapo? Well, you could, but not a, not the best idea. Okay? Okay, John. All right, take Bye. care, Rick. Bye-bye. Let's go to uh, Devin. Devin. Devin? John Paul. Yes, sir. Good morning. Good, how are you? I have a question. Uh, I've been trying to locate a rebuilding kit it's, uh, for a master cylinder for a 2008 Ford F-150 pickup, and they're, like, non-existent. I, I couldn't find a site where I could find the uh, rebuilding kit. Hmm. I, I called, you know, a lot of the uh, yeah. auto parts, and nobody just says, oh, we don't even, we haven't sold them for 30 years or whatever they're like. You know what I mean? Well, and that, for uh, rebuilding kits for the uh, yeah, and that, yeah, and that's I guess that's part of the problem. You know, is is you know all that stuff comes rebuilt now or or something, and you know the idea of going out and getting a kit, and you know it's not it's not a it's not a terrible job. You know, you pull the mass cylinder up, pull the clip off the back of it, slide the slide the valve out, put new seals on it, and put it back together. Right. So yeah. Um, I I got to tell you I don't I don't know either you know I think uh, you know all of the major websites that handle parts I bet I bet uh, yeah finding a rebuilding kit is probably almost impossible have you have you looked into just a rebuilt master cylinder? Um uh, yeah I I did call a few places there are available you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah but, uh, the difference on you know I I'm old school right I'm 69 years old whatever there I mean. I used to do the brakes with the, you know, rebuild the wheel. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. All nine yards, you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, you know, it's like a hundred bucks or something for a, for a master. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you might, you know, uh, you may find, you know, I'm sure there's a kit somewhere and I'm sure that, you know, you know, if it was, uh, you know, if this was 20 years ago, 
back then even the dealers would be able to have kits. But even now, the the dealers very seldomly have rebuilding kits for that sort of stuff anymore. So, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, I'll, I have uh, another question. I sure. got a uh, 2008 Ford Van E150. Mm-hmm. And I uh, the transmission uh, croaked at 71,000. Yep. And <clears throat> I had it rebuilt. And I, and I called up. You know, the, the place that we built it, yep. they, they're very reputable. There's no complaints, better yep. business bureau complaints or anything, right? And the thing is broken like four times since I've had it rebuilt, and I got six months on the warranty. And I was wondering, is, is it common for those uh, transmissions? There must be a terrible transmission there. That, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they, they're... They they are not a great. In fact, Ford's had some transmission issues over the years, uh, um, and rebuilding them rebuilding them in a lot of cases isn't seem, it's not seeming to help as much as it should. What when it goes bad? What kind of problems you having with it when it goes bad? Is it the same problem all the time or something different? <coughs> well, I think they replaced it like two or three times. The oh, okay. Original transmission yeah. that I brought in. Yeah, you know just. What I'm saying? It, just starts to just starts to shift bad or something or yeah right yeah. now I just got it back like a week ago mm-hmm. and uh, my wife's telling me she drives it and she's saying that now it's uh, it's skipping between you know like thirty thirty forty miles an hour it's, the yeah. uh, RPM goes up yeah oh oh okay so the RPM is flaring okay yeah that yeah. that that means there's a there's a, a clutch not applying or or. Or a servo not applying something like that, which is causing it to flare. Um, I hate to say it, but you know that doesn't. You know when they when it flares like that, that's more internal and not electronic. So I don't know. They may be taking this one apart again. Yeah, because I mean, uh, I I took it to AutoZone there, and they they uh, when they put it on the check engine light, it said it was uh, the modules on yeah. it when I brought it back to them this time servo modules, and uh, then when I got it back, only a day later, my wife took it for a ride, and she says it's skipping. uh, Yeah. No, I, yeah, um, yeah, I would go back to the transmission shop again and go out and do a really good thorough road test with them and see what's up with it. I think that's, I think. I'll probably have to get rid of it, because, I mean, it it means, I paid like 2,300 bucks for the, uh, for the rebuilt, for it yeah. to be rebuilt, yeah. And what I, I what I would in like uh, six months, if, if the thing will be worth no value of yeah. the vehicle, if yeah. they trade it in now or something yeah. before the warranty goes. Well, I, I think I'd even be tempted to go back to the dealer who did the who did the repair, and if he has to rebuild it again or replace it again, get it, you know, get it as close to one hundred percent, and then maybe trade it in. And then you can right. then you can say you know pretty confidently, hey, I just had the transmission gone through again. It's a hundred percent, and knowing that you know some you know short of that, pulling the you know pulling the transmission out um, and putting a completely different unit in might be the fix. Because I think where it's where it's flaring in between gears, I think it's a mechanical issue and not an electronic one. Well, I know in repair garage what he does. He pulls trannies. You know, he gets trannies. Uh, from the junkyard, yep. puts in the yep. original. You know what I mean? Yep. The transmission without it being rebuilt. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you don't. I mean, back you know, back way when I used to work for a living, um, you know, I probably had a fifty percent success rate because every transmission I got out of a junkyard, you know, supposedly had fifty thousand miles on it. You know, and sometimes right. sometimes they did, and sometimes they didn't. And you know, you know, yeah, because I talked to one uh, guy. At, at a transmission place, and he told me that the 
normal rebuilds are around 180,000 miles. Yeah, saying. I mean, for, for a lot of cars, you get... 150, 180, 200,000. You know, for instance, I, I was at, I was at, I got to get going because we got to get a break here. And, but I was at General Motors at their, at their test lab and they test their transmissions to 175,000 miles, which they say is about 20, 25% higher than what they expect them to last. So yeah, the average transmission is going to last 150 to 175,000 miles with no problem generally. So, you know your your transmission with the miles on it. No, there's there's something in there that somebody's missing, and I'm not sure what it is either. But I think it might have to come apart again, and each piece is going to have to be looked at. Okay. Okay. Thanks All right. Very take much, care. Yep. Bye bye. Before we get to more calls, uh, stay right there. Uh, we need to take another break. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We'll be right back, and Paul Sullivan just slid into the studio. We'll talk to him a little bit as well. Get out on the highway Looking for adventure Take your faith to another level this year. How? By traveling on an all-inclusive and inspiring journey to the only place in the world where history and innovation unite. Experience Israel this November 1st through the 10th. Come along with General Manager Pat Ryan, Pastor Karen Rudwanski, and nationally known teaching pastor Sean Thornton for nine memorable days. Visit historic places like the Sea of Galilee, the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Dead Sea. Be there as the Bible comes to life and experience the sights and sounds of the places you may have only dreamt about seeing. What's more, this year marks a special year for Israel, the 50th anniversary of the city of Jerusalem. Be in the Holy Land to commemorate this significant occasion for the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. Your dream to visit Israel can be a reality this year. Make plans now to experience Israel, happening November 1st through the 10th. For full cost and trip details and to register today, visit experienceisraeltour.com. That's experienceisraeltour.com. In a recent Barnum research study, they found there are now more full-time senior pastors who are over the age of 65 than under the age of 40. Even though these shepherds are wise and counsel, it is imperative that we find and deploy the next generation of pastors to share the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the entire New England area in the upcoming years. I'm Pat Ryan, General Manager of Salem Media Group here in Boston, and we have the same mission on air with our programs that you hear daily, and we need your help. We are looking for the pastors who can communicate the gospel clearly and responsibly and provide a Christian worldview in today's worldly struggles on the radio. Does this type of communicator and leader lead your church? Call me at 617-691-2521 and consider sharing your pastor on the radio with the entire city. That's 617-691-2521. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. The diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 brand image awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. WROL Boston. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. 
welcome back to the Car Doctor Program. Let's go really quick to Robert. Robert? Come on, John. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, I have a, well, it's something I'm concerned with that I see in my neighborhood. It's a uh, 2007 uh, Mercury Mountaineer. Okay. Four, four liter. Mm-hmm. It's V6, all-wheel drive, and they have a plow on it. I just wondering what's your opinion on plowing with a, basically a one-speed trans, uh, transfer case. Um, it, you know, for a light duty, you know, if you're pushing six inches of light snow, it's fine. But if you're trying to actually plow some of the, the snow we got, the last snowstorm, which was yeah. heart attack snow, that really heavy, <laughs> wet snow, you know, if you're pushing it with that, you got to be really careful because, um, in fact, one t- I took a picture of it last year. There was a Dodge Caravan out here, an old Dodge Caravan that had a plow frame on the front of it, and apparently they must put a little lightweight plow on it. And I'm like, this thing's front wheel drive with snow tires on it, and they're trying right. to push snow with it. You know, it, you know, you're gonna you're gonna buy a transmission at one point. You know, so and the same thing. I have seen light duty plows, but you know, the idea of using it for to plow anything significant, um, pretty tough thing to do. Yeah, this plow is about a seven and a half foot, I believe. Wow. And like I say, we, you know, my wife used to have a vehicle like that, and they're really doggy. They're nice vehicles, but they don't have a lot of torque. No, that's, that's, not, that's not the vehicle you want to plow, that you uh-huh. really want to plow snow in. Uh, that's barely the vehicle you want to pull a boat with. Uh, so, right. yeah, so it's not, yeah, you know, you, you can put a plow in anything, but, you know, that, you know, having low, having low speed and a lock transfer case is the best way to do it. And you're... But on the other hand, if you're if you're going out there, if you're going out there every hour, it's like it's like when you go to the store to buy a, a snowblower, and they say to you, "How big's your driveway?" Oh, you need your you need an eight horsepower one for that size driveway. And I always say, "Well, you that's probably true." But on the other hand, if all you had was a shovel before that, um, yeah, any snowblower is better than that. So. Um, so, and the same thing with this. If you go out there and you're just pushing four or five inches of snow around, it's probably fine. But if you're if you're putting it to the floor because you're, the snow is that heavy, you're just going to burn up the transmission. So. Yeah, that's what I say. That in the transfer case yeah. is almost like another automatic. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's my suggest, suggestion. Don't buy that truck from him. Uh, don't worry, I won't. All right. All right, <laughs> take care, Robert. Bye-bye. Let's go real quick to Paul. Hey, Paul. Yeah, real, real quick. Um, I was told I needed rear shocks for my... Uh, uh, 2009 Mazda 6. They said it would be 510 dollars. Is that a little steep for rear shocks? Um, it's a little steep, but it doesn't. It doesn't sound totally out of the ballpark price wise. Um, my computer's broken right now, so I can't look it up. But I would say that's about that's about right for the price. My thoughts are, though, do you really need them? Well, that's yeah, 60,000 miles. I'm not sure. That's, I do. Uh, you know, I would. My guess would be probably no. Um, yeah. I would look and see. I, I would still do old-fashioned stuff. I would still, I would still uh, look for oil leaking out of the shocks. I'd look for how does it bounce, how does it react. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing too many people that you know. And you say you know it's 2009. It's it's eight years old. Could it need shocks? Yeah, but does it yeah. need shocks? Maybe not. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I, uh, I haven't seen any of those things, and uh, but I, I will, I will double check. And of course, it wouldn't. You know, I, I chop around first. Oh but- yeah. Yeah, because you know, I mean, uh, even you know, all the aftermarket products are are good. Are and you know, if you went to the dealer, the dealer products are also going to be good. But you might find improvements even in the aftermarket. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rush to spend five hundred bucks. I, I I'm not I don't tend to. But okay, okay, well, that's right. it. Great program. Right, Thank you very Paul. much. You get a run. Yep. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, we're just about out of time, but I have to say, 
Last week, I went to a restaurant in Dennisport called Etsy's. Etsy's? And, and we go to Etsy. we, we When we go out to eat a lot of times, we sit at the bar because we've been married for so long, we have nothing to talk to uh, talk about with each other. But it's so, more comfortable and, and, I don't know, intimate's the right but, word, but at the bar, you but, know. But you, but you get to get in the conversations with some of the other people near you. Oh, okay, yeah. And, it, um, which, is part of, which is part of it, too. And you also get to talk about people like, hey, what do you think about the guy over there with the hat? We call yeah. it people watching. Exactly, exactly. But I make up stories about them, too. No, no, I have a yeah. game. That guy looks like, it's called Hit or Miss. Oh, and okay. the, the guy resembles, like, uh, I don't know, um, Tom Cruise. And oh, all right. Claire will go, okay. hit yep. or right. miss. But yeah. but while I was there, yeah, there was two bar stools. Okay. Um, and somebody in the middle. Okay. Because, you know, that's what people Those do a lot bars. of times. And yes. So I said to the hostess, um, can, you know, well, we look at the bar, and she goes, and she goes, oh, ask somebody to move over. Mm-hmm. And the guy who moved over was this guy, Sean Brennan, a local Irish musician from yeah. the Cape. Yeah. And uh, I said, hey, how you doing? Where, you know, first off, what are you doing here? And yeah. how come you're not working? Well, it's did Saturday. you recognize it's, him as Sean, before, or did he introduce himself? No, no, I recognized okay. him as Sean. So, okay. um, and uh, the bartender said, uh, as I said hello to him, he, the bartender also said, this is Sean Brennan, you know. Fabulous Irish entertainer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, oh, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, uh, you know, I kind of h- hang out with some Irish DJs. Yeah. And he said, I said, he said, where's that? And I said, uh, WROL. And he said, oh, Paul Sullivan and the guys up there. And I said, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So We're so, big on the Cape. You, you are. You are. And, and you know said, why? Because our signal goes straight out to the ocean. Straight out the to the ocean, yeah. It's the only yep. thing in the way. Yeah. So. So, uh, but, uh, but he, uh, he, can you he, get us in framing him? No, no, <laughs> but, uh, but he said, you know, he talked about you and I, I mentioned Johnny Costello oh, and he's yeah. like, he's like, Oh, I wish I had his energy. I do too. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, but, uh, you know, he knew Billy and he knew, he knew everybody. And the only one, the only, strangely enough, the only one he had a little hesitation with was Seamus. Really? Yeah. Is that because he doesn't like Seamus or I don't know. he doesn't know Seamus? I don't know. Okay. But he said, uh, Well, what's to know Seamus is to like. He's like the other guy. You know, that, that. You know, it, it was, you know he mentioned you and, mm-hmm. and, and Matt and Bill. And, <laughs> the only one with a little bit of a rogue he didn't yeah. know. And, and, he's uh, like, and the other guy there, what's his name? Uh, yeah, you Mulligan. Know. Mulligan. The guy from Ireland. Actually, yeah. he's the guy yeah. from Ireland. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So. Yeah. Him. Yeah. But he was, he was. I'll never a, forget old what's his name. Yeah. yeah. So he was. He was there for. He was there for a drink, and he was heading. He was heading to the clatter to go play later. And good uh, but hi, it, Sean. But uh, and it, it's good. It's good. You know when I guess every once in a while, him and his cousin Terry Brennan. Yeah. And some other people, they all get together and play. And, Dave and Hickey, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and and Terry's pretty cool. Christy Henshaw, maybe. Yeah. Terry saved up all his tips and gave them to the Jimmy Fund. Do you know about that? Do Terry I know Brennan about gave the Jimmy Terry Fund? Brennan. Yeah, it's been around a long but, time. Does great work. Give two hundred thousand dollars to the Jimmy Fund. It tips. Wait a minute. Slow, slow down. He made two hundred thousand dollars in tips. In tips. <laughs> yeah. What was the bill? I, I have no idea. That's like a million dollars. I have no idea, but he he gave that is fabulous. He, and and last year at the Red Sox game, he got to sing the national yeah. anthem. Yeah. Uh, you know, as as the guy who gave all this money to the Jimmy Fund, two hundred thousand dollars, and that's just tips. Yeah. 
that was just tips. I gotta go. Learn I mean, that. I'm good. I'm good for probably like thirty bucks out of that because every time I see him, I throw a buck I'm in. I'm gonna something. go learn but, a couple but, of chords yeah. when I go home. Well, that's that's what I said. That's what I said. Is a good part time job. You learn three chords, you can play like five hundred songs. Hey, I told you. I've yeah. told you more than once. Country Music Hall of Fame, Nashville, Tennessee, great place. You walk in and big letters that says country music, three chords, and the truth. <laughs> That's a good point. It's right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So All what's right. up? we got to get going because Paul Sullivan is up next with the very best in Irish music on the Irish Hit Parade. So stay tuned for that. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt. Drive safely. Be good to your car. Don't forget to enter the contest to win the WeGo Jumpstart. Send me an email, jpaul at aaanortheast.com, and you'll be entered to win. <laughs>